So Tuesday, you know me pretty well, I'd say. A little now. bit, yeah. And you know that costume dramas are like catnip for me. <laughs> the moment I see period clothing, I am immediately hooked and dragging you into the theater with me. Ugh, and let me tell you guys, she was without a doubt heckling me about seeing this next movie. Fortunately, it turned out to be pretty fantastic. Even I was stunned by how amazing it was, because sometimes these period pieces, they can be a little bit uh, shallow. (laughs) But this is a film for those of you who are literary fans or lovers of Virginia Woolf. She's Tuesday. I'm Kaylee. And we're continuing our 2019 Phoenix Film Festival coverage right here on Whiskey and Popcorn. Virginia explores the psychologically fascinating love and obsessive affair between socialite Vita Sackville West and the writer Virginia Woolf in 1920s London. Vita is a socialite, a writer, and a woman who knows what she wants and goes for it. She's married to a diplomat, but she's clearly and quite literally wearing the pants in her marriage. And here's a clip from the trailer. Virginia is a wickedly brilliant mind. I must know her. I hear nothing but reports of her madness. Madness? What a convenient way to explain away her genius. I have the appetite to know you better. I hope you're not thinking of running off with her as well. Why do you think your books sell more than mine? Popularity was never a sign of genius. Did you meet her? I adore her! An emotion creates a wave in the mind. When writing that is what you must recapture that wave. Virginia? Nothing happened. Does she make you want to write or to live? Both. Truth is, I worry I'm not quite allowed to desire in the same way as you. As you heard, Vida has been obsessed with the author Virginia Woolf's writings and leaps at the chance to meet her in person at a party. That first encounter utterly beguiles Vita, who desires to have Virginia, mind, body, and soul, as her own. But Virginia, who has lived an almost entirely intimacy-free relationship with her own husband, shuns Vita at first. But Vita is not deterred, as you heard, and she hounds after Virginia, coming to her house, coming to her writing studio, invites her to her mother's enormous manner, and even tries to get her to go abroad with her. When they finally connect in a climax of physical and mental passion, Virginia is the one who becomes bewitched by Vita. And secure in her power over Virginia, uh, Vita is content to move on to the next woman she fancies. But Virginia is distraught by this crumbling relationship that just blew her mind And she's unable to reconcile this amazing experience that she had with not having it anymore. And this leads Virginia to pen her most famous book, Orlando, which in a sense is a biography of Vita. Oh, boy. Where do we start with this movie? Right. Okay. So my initial thoughts were 
how amazing the dialogue was between the characters. These were Shakespearean prose to me. It was so poetic and utterly beautiful. For sure. I grabbed onto that right away. That's one of my favorite things about period pieces is being able to hear the language and the rhythms of how people spoke. And I feel like the director and the writers took great care with crafting the conversation so that each woman was revealed in of herself and how they came together was just beautiful. And they would have these moments where it was almost kind of like separate from the main act of the film, but where either Virginia was looking straight down the camera but talking directly to Vita or vice versa, almost like they were reading letters to each other in a, in a sense. And it was just like those words that they would say to each other, uh, the passion there, it's, you know, it's very much of that time, I feel like, in the sense that people really tried to express themselves fully with words and even when words failed and the most beautiful prose would come out of it it was stunning writing and stunning acting because I don't think that was easy by any means to try and you know some of these were kind of clunky could have been clunky sentences but both Gemma Arterian and Elizabeth Debicki who play Vita and Virginia respectively like they were just fantastic also kind of melding with the beautiful scripting was also this really interesting play with music which caught me off guard at first and kind of made me a little uncomfortable but it ended up being really stunning you know they they have this very contemporary almost like club beats almost lo-fi beats in some certain parts that are very much of the here and now the 2019 era playing over these party scenes or these moments between Virginia and Vita. And then they would, you know, move on to more like orchestral or perhaps more, you know, period appropriate music. But it really struck me that this music really did some interesting work as far as layering this sort of contemporary feel, gave the story this very forward thinking emotion to it. And, you know, after all, this story centers on a lesbian relationship between two very high-powered women in the 1920s. This was a time, if you recall, that when being gay in the UK could get you locked up in prison. The music was daring, but it really paid off. You know, there were definitely times in the movie that I forgot how dangerous their relationship really was. Maybe it was because Vita was so unapologetic about it, or it could have been a lot to do with the music. You know, they they were extremely open about what was going on, and their husbands knew everything, and it just kind of seemed to be symbiotic. Everyone knew their role, and no one seemed to get particularly jealous. In fact, at least one of the men had their own side relationships going on. Yeah, it was was really interesting to see this very liberal-mindedness that you would not necessarily expect from the 1920s, but maybe was there, but... You know, general society obviously would frown upon, but it was a very interesting, like, peeling back the curtain sort of moment. And they were very much of higher class, and some things might have been more acceptable in that realm, kind of a we-can-do-whatever-we-want kind yeah, of feel. Just, just don't talk about it and don't, you know, don't flaunt it sort of thing. Right. Another aspect I enjoyed was the psychological play between Vita and Virginia. Oh, yeah, yeah. This... This wasn't like a gratuitous or dismissive look at lesbian love, but it was a real 
battle of wills between a genius and, in some regards, uh, a succubus type. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It, it was definitely a battle between two incredibly brilliant women and immensely enjoyable to watch. Their relationship was complex, and it was quite a battle of wits, to be honest. Okay, I don't know how you haven't brought up costuming yet. <laughs> well, you know, I was trying to, to keep a lid on it a little bit, but oh my gosh, Vita's outfits in particular, her amazing pantsuits that she was wearing, these like billowy palazzo pants and the the little headpieces, like everything I feel like was just, it was opulent, it was gorgeous, it was very much of the time, and because of the way the music was and because of the nature of this sort of like very forward-thinking relationship like the clothes just kind of added to this how modern the story felt I just think everything knitted together so brilliantly I just I loved every aspect of this movie at, at any points like it would sometimes slow down just a smidge and then we pick right back up again and I'd be immediately hooked and want to know what was going to happen next. And that was the other thing. Like, I never knew where the story was going. Similar to Kira Knightley in Colette, their outfits are very masculine forward, mm-hmm. which, again, as we discussed previously, was not necessarily acceptable in those time frames. But again, I chalk that up to higher society and being able to be more daring, like Lady Gaga wearing a meat suit to <laughs> an award show. You know, I, I feel like the higher class tend to get away with more things and call it art or revolutionary. For sure. And I, I think all of these undertones that, that you're not going to necessarily catch, like this sort of very forward thinking idea with how the dress, the costuming, you know, of that time period, it was having a statement. Women were pushing the boundaries at that time and it just it comes together so beautifully and you know what I also loved about this film the fact that it is it is about two women having a lesbian relationship but I love how we get to see them both be vulnerable at the beginning Vita is very in a way vulnerable to Virginia she's in awe of Virginia's prowess as a writer and is intrigued by her and overcome by her and then it flips and then you could see Vita's true colors because like at the end of the day while Vita is very attractive she's also in a way a very terrible person she's not exactly pleasant to her husband who she overrules like he wants to work together he's like look you know you you gotta stand by me when I'm doing my things like I support you and all your stuff you need to support me and she doesn't you know or does it very reluctantly it's just so good. Now, there is one thing I wanted to talk to you about a little bit and and see what your opinions were. It was common knowledge that Virginia Woolf had anything from bouts of depression to psychotic breaks in which she would be bedridden for weeks to months at a time. I was enthralled by the way they chose to use the imagery in the film that they did to portray almost a sense of regularly being almost on the verge of a psychotic break. Mm. And it's a lot of imagery that you think, she probably is the only one that's seeing this. 
and what it truly means in the undertones of like of her life and the struggles that she had. I just I thought it was wonderful and I wanted your opinion. Oh yeah, on and, it. and I'm glad you brought that up cuz a lot of the imagery it would oscillate between like these really almost kind of beautiful a, a little bit terrifying like plants just growing over everything and I took the plants and the flowers imagery as like her mind was just racing with like creative potential and then you'd have the imagery of like these crows and these were like the demons the depressive side because I, I don't know if she was manic depressive uh, it kind of could be interpreted that way through the film but the fact that she had these imagery that we the audience could see and she could see but nobody else could see I feel like it was kind of edgy to also put that in there, given everything else that was happening in the film. Then you have these sort of fantastical imageries. They come in and out of almost nowhere and catch you off guard, catch Virginia off guard. It was it was a risk, but it worked. It worked really well for me. So this film, Vita and Virginia, is by far my runaway top pick from the 2019 Phoenix Film Festival. It was really hard because there were so many amazing films this year. But just for sheer mind-blowing storytelling, perfection in prose, uh, the costuming, the imagery, the music, the way it all knit together, it's, it's by far the best. Now, I don't know if it's my top pick for the year, but it was definitely well done. Kaylee, I am way overdue for a cocktail Oh, and feel free to grab that catnip you put aside at the beginning of the show. Don't mind if I do. Uh, In fact, my drink might complement some catnip. Uh, It's definitely known for some green undertones. Uh, I think I'm going to have some absinthe after watching this one. Oh, snap. You are not messing around today. Nope. Uh, How do I top that? I don't know. Good Um... luck. Okay. Well, the movie had a very high-class society feel. So I think I'll be having a Manhattan while discussing philosophy in a tea room. Oh, my gosh. I feel like you're the Vita to my Virginia, but in the best way possible. <laughs> well, you'll be dancing with the fairies in the other room with your absence. It'll go with that those uh, psychotic moments that poor Virginia had to go through. <laughs> well, if you guys out there have an obsession for us, then be sure to subscribe. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And we are not done yet. Check out all of our 2019 Phoenix Film Festival coverage on our website, whiskeyandpopcorn.org, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the movies.